0: a moment and pray. Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord, that we can meet you at any moment, in any place, at any time. And Lord, you're meeting us right now in this moment. If we're streaming online, Lord, you're meeting us in this moment, wherever we are. Father, we're here gathered together in person. You're meeting us in this moment. Thank you that you've met us in a time of praise and worship where we've honored you. Lord, continue to meet us in your word that. Our hearts would be changed as a result of your truth getting in our hearts. We know that we'll meet you in the breaking of the bread as you're revealed to us. Father, we want to continue to meet you so that we can be transformed and changed as a result of it. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Last week we were in Matthew chapter 14. We're still in Matthew chapter 14. We're going to continue going through Matthew's gospel. And if you remember last week, it was a feeding of the 5,000. And there was something specific we were to take away from that, that that Jesus teaches us that uh, we have to have our, our compassion is to be in action. That it will always lead us to that place. That our compassion is in action. And how important that is that he shows us that what we take the very things that he's provided, that we give thanks to, for it, and that he blesses it. And that we offer that back up to God. And that how God will multiply the very things that he's provided. He's not multiplying what you don't have. He multiplies what you have as you give thanks for it. And the disciples encountered this. And just as Jesus went off to pray, just as he heard the news of John the Baptist, as we said last week, and he went to go seek the Father when he heard that news. Again, Jesus had just finished feeding the 5,000 people, that he began laying hands on all the sick that were gathered around him. And he knows that this time again he needs to go off for a place or a time of prayer. That again, Jesus will now take his disciples and say, listen, we are at the Sea the Sea of Galilee, and the ministry has been taking place, and this incredible day took place of feeding the 5,000, of the sick being healed, of teaching unlike they've ever heard, and he's given all that he had to give to those who gathered. And he says to his disciples, you guys get in the boat, head to the other side, and I'll meet you there. And what Jesus realizes is that after he instructs his disciples that he's going to go find a mountaintop and a place to be with the Father. Many of us can identify with that, right? Like, just get me to a mountaintop so I can be at peace. Jesus knew how to do that. For some of us, it's get me to the beach so I can be at peace or whatever that is. Sometimes it's just lock myself in the bathroom so I can be one with the Father. Whatever works for you, find that place. And Jesus is showing us this incredible uh, uh, picture of not just his divinity and the miraculous that he did, but in his humanity. See, when your well is empty, you've got nothing left to give. And Jesus, in his humanity, needed to go replenish his well. And the only way to do that was to be one with the Father. And that came out of a place of prayer. And he modeled that for his disciples. He still models that for us today, that that it's late now. And and the disciples have had a long day, and he sends them away. And, and, And they head out in the midst of the night. And they encounter a storm. They go out into the Sea of Galilee and they encounter this storm. Matthew 14, 25 through 26 says, Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. It's two things that we need to realize In this passage. First is that he sent them out in the fourth watch. And the fourth watch would be probably anywhere between 3 and 6 a.m. So it's it's the middle of the night that they head out. And, And they've had a long day. They've been ministering all day. And they head back and it's the middle of the night and a storm begins to break out, which often would happen on the Sea of Galilee. These winds would come through and they would whip through the valley and storms would come out of nowhere. But the second thing we need to be reminded is they're professional fishermen, aren't they? it wouldn't be the first storm that they encountered. A good fisherman would know how to navigate through any storm. So it had to be quite a storm for them to begin to have this fear. It had to be something that was welling up in a way that they were fearful for their life. And the truth is fear affects us in three specific ways. The first way that fear may affect us is physically. That you will, 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 will be affected by it physically. Second is mentally. Third is spiritually. That's how fear will affect your life. And if it's affecting you physically, then you have a physical reaction as a result of fear. That, that you'll get sick and, and other things will happen within your, 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 your physical being as a result of that fear. Second is mentally. Don't raise your hand, but how many of us make a bad decision based out of fear? That... Someone raise their hand. No, put your hand up. <laughs> that fear, fear comes, and, and the mind makes a decision that it shouldn't make. And the third is when fear comes, we push out faith and we have doubt. And then we struggle with those three areas. And the disciples are in fear for their lives. And they see Jesus coming out uh, uh, to them on the water and and, and they can't quite make out what that is, but their only conclusion in the midst of that fear is that it must be a ghost. Their only conclusion is that I guess it's a ghost. Couldn't be the guy who just fed 5,000. Couldn't be the guy who just healed all the sick. Couldn't be the guy who's been leading us these past three years. It must be a ghost. That's what fear did. And it said they cried out from a place of fear. They cried out because they were so scared. Now here's something we gotta recognize about fear. The greatest fear all of us will face is not just in what we see, but most in what we don't see. It's the thing that we can't see that we'll fear the most. For instance, we're in the middle of a pandemic. COVID-19 is real. And there's a fear in the thing that you cannot see. There's a fear in it. Matter of fact, that fear is heightened because we listen to so many things that pour into our lives. And it spurs on that fear. We know that there's logic involved, that that there are certain precautions that we can take that would make that, that that fear subside. That simple things, wear a mask, wash your hands, distance yourself. Not complicated. Somehow we can't figure out those three things. Not complicated. Do those probably 97% chance you won't be sick. Pretty easy, right? We complicated. Why do we complicate it? Because we're human. But fear comes in, and, and there'll be this thing, and here's in the midst of what they don't see, so it must be a ghost. And they don't quite know what to do, but it, it goes on in Matthew 14, verse 27. It says, But immediately, say immediately. immediately, Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. The greatest fear all of us face will be the thing that we cannot see. But immediately the Lord comes. Amen. And the Lord makes this statement. And in that statement of be of good cheer, it is I do not be afraid. Jesus calls out to his disciples in the midst of the storm. And I'll tell you right now is Jesus is calling out to you in the midst of the storm in your life. And that he's meeting you in that place, in that same phrase as he calls out. And when he says be of good cheer, that's not eat, drink, and be merry. <laughs> that's not what he's talking about. When he says, be of good cheer, what it actually means is be strong and courageous. Be of good cheer. And he says, it is I. When he says, it is I, he's saying, it is the great I am. God says to Moses in Exodus, I am who I am. Tell them I am. And he gives this word that they would respond to, that I am. It is I. And then he says, listen, don't be afraid. And that don't be afraid is not a suggestion. If you don't feel like it, maybe don't be afraid. Or if you can, you know, just if you're up to it, don't be afraid. He says, don't be afraid. He commands, don't be afraid. Why? Because there's a reassurance the Lord is with us. And there's a reassurance for them. And that voice, that command, would remind us of something. It would remind the disciples of something as well. It would remind them of the scriptures, and it would remind them of John chapter ten, verse twenty-seven through twenty. I'm sorry, not John chapter twenty-seven, Joshua. And we'd have this word that would come forth, and that word was from Joshua one, verse nine, and it says, "This have I not commanded you? Be strong and be." of good courage, do not be afraid nor be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And that would the same words are being spoken again to them just as Joshua would be encouraged that he would go to the promised land that God would be with them. Do not be afraid. Be strong and courageous. They too now are hearing these very words. And in verse 28 of Matthew's gospel and Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. Peter and the rest of the disciples are still in this grips of fear. Fear that that, that has hindered their faith. Fear that has kept them from taking that step or hearing that word or responding to the word in that way. And the disciples are in the grips of this fear. They've not heard or able to believe past that moment and that fear kept them from hearing the Lord. That fear kept them from hearing the voice of the Lord. You know, it's not like the voice of the Lord changed in the midst of the storm. It's not like Jesus threw on his God voice in the midst of that storm. They would know that voice. They broke bread with him. They lived with him. They ministered with him. It's, he didn't get up there and go, Peter, I tell you, this is the Lord. He... He didn't flip a switch. It wasn't different. They would have heard it. Just like husbands and wives and children and, and, and siblings, we, we know one another's voice when we hear that voice. And, and as parents, we have the God voice. It changes octaves depending on the severity of the situation. We know the different voice. We have a God voice. It's all different. When they're little, it's a certain voice that changes octaves, Right? And when they get older and they borrow the car and it comes back with a big dent in it, there's another voice that, that comes out as a parent. And, and, and the kids know to listen to those different voices. And the severity, the greater the thing that maybe the kid has done, the higher the octave it goes. I can't believe you did this! You know, it goes up higher. I'm going to kill you when you get home. You know, it's just, <laughs> thus say the Lord. Jesus' voice didn't change. His voice was the same. They would be reminded of what he said in John chapter 10, verse 27 through 28. My sheep, what church, hear my voice. It says, I know them and they follow me. And I give them eternal life and they shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. Peter would know the Lord's voice, but he needed reassurance in his doubt and fear. We might know the Lord's voice, but sometimes we need reassurance in the midst of our own doubt or fear. And he would know that. And and yet it comes, and Peter asks the question, and yet Jesus responds in verse 28. Jesus says to him one word. Jesus says, come. 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 And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Peter was afraid, and he doubted. But he had the courage to take the first step of faith. Now, mind you, you can all try this later on. You can go out to a dock or a pier, and you can step on the edge, and you can look down. Lord, if that's you, command me to come. I'm not sure. And that doubt was there. And, 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 but it took courage. And it would take courage to take that first step. And courage is not the absence of fear. It's the willingness to take the first step. That's courage. It's the willingness to take that step in the uncertainty of, of not being sure. But faith is greater. And Jesus continues to call out to us each and every day to all of us. He's giving that same quote to us. He's saying, listen, be of good cheer. Be strong and courageous. It is I, so don't be afraid. He continues to call to each of us. But we have to be willing to take the first step. We have to be willing to participate with him. That we'll participate by faith. We have to have the courage to take that step. In spite of the fear. In spite of how it looks, in spite of those things around me, will I take that step of faith? I could just imagine Peter looking out over that boat and thinking, if that's the Lord, I can do it. And I know the voice of the Lord. Maybe some of us have to check in our own hearts. You've heard the voice of the Lord, but you just haven't done it yet. God's calling you out by faith in a certain place or a certain thing in your life to do it. And there's reservation. I'll tell you what the reservation is, fear. And why is it fear? Because the enemy doesn't want you to walk by faith. The enemy wants you to walk by fear. God wants you to walk by faith. And he'll use the very measure of faith you have and build on it. He's not going to work on the faith you don't have. He's going to work on the very faith that you have, the willingness to take that step. See, faith is the connecting power into a spiritual realm which links us to God. That's what faith's about. Fear is also connecting power to a spiritual realm. And let me tell you something, it's not the realm you want to hang out in. Did you want to connect to that power, you've got to get faith in your life. You've got to begin to be willing to take that first step. You've got to be willing to have that courage in the midst of the storm of your life or whatever's going on. So say what you want to say about Peter. But the guy stepped out of the boat. he He believed he could walk on water. And because he believed, he was permitted to do so. He could. That's the kind of faith we must have. I believe the Lord's calling all of us to become water walkers. But will we respond? Will we do it? Will I respond to the thing that the Lord's asking me to do? Will I take that step? Or is fear winning on the other side? What voice am I listening to? Whose voice did I hear? I can tell you his voice is calling you to come. His voice is drawing you to himself. So we have to ask the question, what's the boat in your life you need to take a step out of? What is that that you need to step out of? What do you have to do to face that fear and take that first step? What is it that you would have to do? Jesus called Peter to come. He called to him. Jesus calls us to come. And what he's calling you to do is get out of the boat. Take that step. Don't be afraid. Be of good cheer. It is I. Don't be afraid. Lord's not going to lead you by faith to a place that you can't go. The Lord's not going to lead you by faith to a place you can't go. But he's going to lead you to that place. That we're to have that reassurance. In Matthew 14, 30. But when he saw the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. See, when we make a decision of faith, you can always expect the wind to pick up. Amen. Yeah, it's going to happen. The enemy is going to go <laughs> and try to thwart the plan that God has for your life. Pay it no attention. Pay it no mind. But it will come. But we have to have the courage to take that step. The mistake Peter made and the mistake all of us make is we allow fear back in. It began to sink. We begin to listen to the wrong voice Matthew 14, 31 through 32. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and he caught him. And he said to him, oh, you of little faith, why do you doubt? Why do you doubt? Church, don't allow fear to rob your faith. Don't allow it. If the news has got you crazy, here's a suggestion. Stop watching the news. matter of fact, I'd go as far to say it's just poison. And we wind up poisoning ourselves and building fear in our lives in a way that, here's what the Lord's saying. Be of good cheer. It is I. Don't be afraid. And then he says, come. Be a water walker. Take the step out of the boat. He's calling us to come. He's calling his church to come. In such a time like this, he's calling his church to be made visible on earth not to be hidden. He's calling us as the people of God to be visible to those around us. Why? Because they're afraid. They don't have the answers. The world doesn't have the solution. Our king does. And we have to determine where we're going to get that solution from. And it's going to take faith to do so. So for each of us, we've got to be courageous. We've got to be willing to take that step of faith and not let fear rob you of the faith that God's given you god is with us and he's stretching out his hand in our time of need he stretches out his hand finally in verse 32 and immediately jesus stretched out his hand and he caught him and he said to him, Have you, you little faith why did you doubt immediately when the lord's going to do something in our lives when we call out to him and he says come and we hear his voice it's now it's in that moment that Jesus will always respond. In that moment, he will stretch out his hand and he will meet us in that need. In verse 32, it says, and when they got in the boat, the wind ceased. See, when you let Jesus into your life, the storms will begin to change in your life. They'll begin to take a new direction in your life. Matter of fact, when you let him into your life that way, he's the one who's the peace in the midst of the storm. And he's the one who subsides those fears but we have to have courage to take that step of faith. And church, what I'm telling you right now is Jesus is calling you to come. And what he's saying is not in a God voice, in his regular voice. Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Now for all of us, If you've got that thing that you've been afraid to step out in, whatever that fear might be, whatever that boat might be, that situation might be, you know it and the Lord knows it. And what I'm going to ask right now is in this moment, you be willing to take that step and lay that down. Say, Lord, I'm struggling with this fear. It's a financial fear. It's a relationship fear. To physical fear, whatever you've got going on right now, what I can promise you is Jesus will meet you in this moment if you'll turn that over to Him. If you'll have the faith and the courage to take that step. And Lord, whatever is going on in our lives, wherever we're at and we're struggling right now, Lord Jesus, we ask by the power of your Spirit, you uproot any of those fears and you set us free. Free to walk by faith, Lord, not by sight. Take away those areas. Lord, that's hindered that relationship and that we trust in you. And I ask this in your name. Amen. Now that first step is that relationship with him. And I don't know your heart. I can't judge a man's heart. But what I do know is Jesus wants to be in your heart and have that relationship and have you take that step of faith. So we have to respond. Part of the courage is, in spite of the fear and the uncertainty, is I'm willing to take that first step. And it begins in a relationship with him, and he makes an invitation to come. He says, come. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burden, and you'll find rest. And you've got to confess it with your mouth, know it in your heart, what we read in Romans, of what he's done. And this grace is poured out in our life. This gift of grace is given. We turn from the old way of life and we walk in faith in this new life that he promises us. And it's an eternal life with him. If you don't know him that way, I want to give you an opportunity to pray with that way, to know him. So if you're sitting here now and you want to pray to know him that way, if you're at home and you're watching wherever you're streaming from, you want to know him that way, just repeat after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I need you. I thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I open the door of my heart, and I ask you to come in. Take control of my life and make me the person you want me to be. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Now, if you're sitting here and you prayed that to ask Him in your life, I want you to let me know that one of the clergy know, one of the ushers know. Let let us know that you pray that if you're home right now and you're watching and you've asked the Lord in your life that way, a button's going to come up on the campus so that we can make contact with you. Why? Because we want to get alongside of you and help you on this discipleship journey. It's going to be the greatest journey of your life and you're not called to do it alone, but you're called to do it in community. And we want to help you grow in that newfound relationship. Amen? Peace of the Lord be with you. Acknowledge one another with the sign of God's peace.